0: Good afternoon. It is Friday, June 5th, 2015, and here we are—at least in my household—one week into the summer uh, season, uh, post-school, and my 15-year-old began the day as I expected him to with. Mom, there's nothing to do. <laughs> well, we have a lot to do today because we have a great interview planned today. And our guest today is Wendy Walbridge. And the book that we're going to be talking about is called Spiraling Upward. And the, the tagline on the book, I absolutely love, The Five Co-Creative Powers for Women on the Rise. Wendy, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. It's so great
1: to meet you, Chiki.
0: Well, it's terrific to meet you, and, you know, we always like to start our executive girlfriends group calls with a, a thumbnail of you personally. I mean, we get to know you through the rest of the call as an author. Tell us what you do in your day job.
1: Wow. Well, I have been in the field of coaching since the late 70s. That really ages me, right? But uh-huh. I started in my 20s um, just before there was a profession of coaching, really, because I honestly had to figure out a way to make money doing what i was going to do anyway i i just have always been fascinated by human potential mm. and how to how to grow and i saw how people could change myself included it started with myself i i think you know i'm somebody who's pretty sensitive and through life i always wanted to figure out why things were and why i felt the way i did and how to change my mind about things and so, I mean, like for instance, in high school, I I subscribed to Psychology Today magazine, and I, I think back on that and think, who else does that? I don't know. That's that's pretty indicative of where I was headed. <laughs> so yeah, I um I got into it I got into it really young as a as a coach just coming here. I came from the East Coast. I was in school in Vermont and came out here for the summer to the Bay Area, and. Um, there was so much excitement and so much new stuff going on about the human potential movement at that time that I just knew I was exciting. I wanted to stay. And from there I just ended up in trainings and got selected to lead things and ended up, um, meeting these two physicians. They were one psychiatrist and one, uh, they were both ER docs. The other was a pediatrician and they had done some of the same very, um, early on transformational work, that was happening here on the West coast around accessing your full potential. And they wanted to take those tools like I did and turn them into practical tools, people in business could use. And so after seven years of working with them, uh, I went off on my own and, The rest is history. (laughs) It's been a long time.
0: Well, I'll tell you what. You are absolutely my hero because uh, one of the things uh, I I had given Patty, our our show producer, some guidelines of the kinds of women I wanted to talk to this year. Uh, You know, the show has been in existence since 2008 and each year you know we we kind of shift and and focus on those topics that our listeners you know are responding to and there are a couple we just finished a series on board uh, membership and how how do women prepare themselves for for board positions? Mm. And then uh, the other thing was I told her to mine the whole TED database, right? And you know one of one of my personal goals is to speak at a TED conference. And so she told me that you were the producer of TEDx Sand Hill Road uh, for women. And for those who don't know, Sand Hill Road is, you know, like at the center uh, of the Silicon Valley. And it's the place where so many investors are. And I, in my own uh, day job, I am an uh, advisor to the investment community. Okay. In the travel industry, where you know, which is my expertise, but I also absolutely love speaking. And the TED conferences themselves—I've got teenage kids and mm-hmm. driving back and forth to school, which ends up taking way too much of all of our time. Uh, we would listen to the TED uh, shows on, uh, you know, on mm-hmm. the radio, essentially, on the way
1: uh, to and from school. So, what a fun thing to do! Yes, if if only it would replace TV to a large extent, we'd be we'd be in a lot better shape as a no planet. No kidding. Um, but yeah, you are an expert, and I'm I love how you advise people in the valley. It's a, it's you and I got to talk right before this, and I, I am amazed by who you are and the depth of knowledge that you have about startups and businesses like that. So. It is that community, and that community is it's so. So it's TEDx Sandhill Road Women, and there's a private Facebook group that people can join if they want to be in on the the latest and greatest. Oh, cool! Terms of what you know? What I'm posting, but also if we when we plan another one, and we actually haven't had one since we haven't had one this year because my book came out, so I couldn't really produce a new one. So we're looking at next year for our next one. But what we have done in the meantime is we've spun off a new organization called Women's Evolutionary Leadership of Silicon Valley, WELL. And it's, we've produced five of those to our two Teds, and they've been just as popular and always sold out. And the reason why is that women, I don't know if it's true of women everywhere, but I'll tell you women in the Valley are hungry, not just to come together and share, you know, new information and learnings, but to really connect and to to have that unique kind of intimate connection with each other, not from a place of competition, but from a place of how can I help you and how can you help me, and really also listening to each other because sometimes we, we feel isolated, especially because we work so hard. We feel like we're the only ones going through this crazy thought or, or mind storm or feeling oh. experience. and And so these well events have been, unique in the valley because they we create this safe environment for women to actually be themselves and they've we've had at least five you can find them on the youtube channel all we've recorded all of them and they're free to look at and they're full of information from amazing thought leaders as well as um, women from the valley that are leaders we've had panels of them uh, like from the founder of blog her to the head of uh, former head of marketing who reported to Steve Jobs to uh you know the founder of 3% conference just great women that have tons of great information that everyone needs to hear so, check out the YouTube channel, Wendy Wallbridge, and you'll find all oh, that. Oh,
0: I would love I'd love to do that. And, you know, it's interesting. We were talking before the call about the difference between the, the things that are, are challenges for those of us who are entrepreneurs. And, and the isolation uh, is a huge one. I have, uh, my last company, um, we actually shut it down back in 2008. And I, uh, in late 2007, I actually sold the office building we had been in. And moved home. And never thinking that seven years later, I would still be working at home virtually, you know, in in getting this new company started. And my consulting has also, you know, has always been virtual. But, um, you know, we face such uh, an issue of, of that isolation, and I cannot wait. We just launched our new product yesterday, and I cannot wait to move into an office and to That's actually it. be able to interact with
1: people every day. And you I know those and I are alike.
0: Yeah.
1: I completely get that. That's Yeah, so it's good that you know yourself that well. You know, a lot of people, and I, can, I include myself in this category, were – it's like a it's like a curse and a blessing those of yes. us that found what we love we are possessed by our mission and you know a lot of people will say well i haven't even found that yet and and my book is really helps people to find that but and i hope that you everyone who's listening to this if you haven't found the mission that is yours the thing that you stand for that will that gets you up and out of bed in the morning and makes you excited that there is no more honorable question to stand in than what am i here for right and i would just encourage people to pursue that question if you haven't already found it but what i was saying is we're blessed and cursed because we have to watch out we can end up giving so much time to the thing that we love that we don't listen to what I call the more feminine side of our personality or, or right. being. We, right. we, we, our society is very masculine driven and very productivity centric and our value can come from, we think we're valuable if we can get so many things done. <laughs> yes. You know, You're And we so measure right. ourselves. I have a, a friend who I met through soccer because I'm a new mom, believe it or not. I have a 13 year old uh, nephew who I took custody of a year and a half ago when my sister died and he has i've now entered a new world which is completely different and amazing and i've thought oh it's going to be boring going to soccer things oh my god i have to do this stuff but i end up meeting this wonderful woman at this soccer thing and she's an example but she told me she she runs uh apple stores so um you know stores that are with apple stuff in it and um she she told me that right, she plays a game with, with Apple herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with not not with apples Macintosh, that you eat all the tree. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody knows what I mean. But she said that she plays this game with herself to see like how many things can she get done in a day. Like, can she synthesize this, synthesize that? And I love what she said. She said, "Women are holistic. We don't compartmentalize. Like, we can like if we have a five minute break, we can go out and make sure we've talked to the soccer coach to make sure they know that." <laughs> We're not coming that day. You know what I mean? But it can get like a game a burn you out. And oh, we have completely. To take time for silence and take time to, to visit with our girlfriends because yes. that's how we get
0: fed. And it's well, really important. Well, that's imp- how this group started. And I have to tell you, you know, technology just got in our way, Wendy, because we mm. started this group uh, almost eight years ago. And at the time, it was a Friday at four o'clock phone call and everybody would call into this number and we would kind of go around the table, I would keep track of who was on the call, and we would share the high point of our week and the low point of our week and it could be business, it could be uh, you know just the leisure side of of our lives mm-hmm. um, and It was fabulous and then we decided we needed to put some content around it, so I started interviewing authors and we'd have that as the first half, and then we'd have the other half be mm-hmm. you know just talking and chatting and and having the members be able to ask questions of the authors, which was fabulous. And then um, we started posting our shows uh, broadly. You know, we started distribution of the shows, and that cut the participation back, uh, you know, significantly. And then my husband, who had worked for me for 13 years and been Mr. Mom, went out and got a job at age 63 and imagine that. And then all of a sudden I had to take over being, you know, the mom and
1: oh you know all the
0: other things that I was doing. And my son was 13 at the time. So we, uh, he's 15 now, but we, we have a lot in common there. and, uh, anyway, so uh, I had to change the call to noon, and so we lost all the people who could make 4 o'clock work. But, uh, yeah, just so missed those days. So let's let's get to the book. But let me because- just say one thing about mm-hmm.
1: that, pointing at yeah. something that I, w- I think everyone needs to pay attention to, and that is women's circles. Women need to come together in some format with each other where they feel where, – where they have a sacred space almost, like a place yes. where they really let their hair down, whether it's coming to a WELL event or a TEDx event, which TEDx isn't, isn't – it doesn't allow for as much interactivity. That's, that's probably why we moved over into the WELL uh, uh, institution. What I would say, though, is even if it's a call, like you're saying, these circles that we form are the way that we will embolden each other to step through to the calling that each of us has and to live authentically in our lives. And this is the most opportune time ever in the history of women to lead with our most unabashedly authentic, powerful self. But mm-hmm. we, it's, we can't do it alone. The old Lone Ranger model that is designed by men, for men, really is not the way for women. It even shows up in our, our biology and our physiology. You know, men get a hit of testosterone when they compete. It's like a little reward. It's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. And dopamine, for them. Women get a hit of oxytocin, which is the bonding hormone, when they connect and and touch each other or talk to each other. And that is a a reward. So it's really interesting how we're designed very differently. And we have to um, do that in order to encourage each other and ourselves to really fulfill our potential.
0: Amazing. Amazing. And, you know, I'm so glad that you touch on the science because sometimes people hear these things and, you know, we just end up wondering why and then we waste time going and looking it up. Yeah. <laughs> no, it really isn't that funny. Um, so the book is all about spiraling up and I'm glad you laid the foundation of saying that you've got to know what you're spiraling up too, right? There has to be a destination. And one of my favorite TED Talks is Simon Sinek's uh, talk about why and having why at the center of how we talk about everything, right? Why we do what we do is why Apple is successful because they start with that rather than starting with the what or the how. Um, so, You're talking you about begin-
1: next about Simon Sinek's talk, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, I met him at TED in Whistler um got my picture taken with him. <laughs> oh, cool. He's amazing. That that's a simple concept, but it is true. If you if we could just ask ourselves the question why? Why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? Why why am I investing in this my energy in this? It will help us come back to really choosing because in every human being There are two parts of us, and I'm oversimplifying, but let me just say there's the ego, which is all about me, mine, proving that I'm good, or measuring myself against someone else. And then there's what you might call the Evo, or the essence of ourselves. Evo stands for evolutionary self. That part of us is the part of us that just wants to show up continually changing into more of who we are, making the world a better place, or making just our our current environment a better place but is passionate, has never been hurt, it's, it's a war between these two parts of ourselves. And if we get caught up in the ego, it can make us play, you know, it can make us forget. But the why is so important because it brings us back to our true, it, it, it can keep us honest to bring us back to our true reason for wanting to and, and and kind of correct us of course correct if we're coming from that ego like choosing a job because somebody else would like it or doing something because it'll be cool other people will think it's cool being externally referenced rather than internally referenced I'm doing this because it lights me up that's an authentic why answer right so yeah I love that you I love that you said that about that thank you
0: so you know, I mean, it, it really is pretty obvious from the name of your book that, that spiraling upward is a good thing, as long as we are not spiral, spiraling out of control, right? <laughs> so,
1: spiraling down, which is how the term is often used.
0: Right, right. Yeah, so, so why spiral up and, and how do we choose the right path that lets us do that if that hasn't been our focus in the past?
1: Yes. I love how you said that because one of the things I notice I've coached women for over three decades. I also coach men. I actually have equal equal men to women in my coaching practice. But the groups that I lead are women and I've gotten to really that's all where the book material came from. There's thirty stories in there of women who have reinvented themselves or taken their own game to the next level in some way and how they did it. But what you're saying is really important for people to hear. And here's the thing. Women don't need to know their ultimate destination. They just need to know the next right thing. So we don't have to know the ultimate goal. We have to be in touch enough with ourselves and the truth of who we are to know, ah, that feels right. This thing calls to me. I want to go for that. I'm going to say yes to this opportunity. Oh, that's a no. This person and I don't resonate. I'm not going to go for that. That feels bad. We just need to know if we stay in the moment and we choose what is really true for us, it will take us to the yellow brick road to the thing that we want ultimately. That's been my experience. Now it's okay to have a three-year plan or a two-year plan, but it will change because the world is constantly changing and it's okay to have it because the process of thinking about it will bring up a lot of good information around your aspirations and your values. But, Honestly, we don't have to have the ultimate end goal. We just have to stay true to ourselves and choose in the moment kind of what's next.
0: Right. Well, and I I think, you know, getting back to the difference uh, that can occur between entrepreneurs and and business people, entrepreneurs pride ourselves on being able to shift rapidly, right? And, And if we run into a roadblock to actually immediately move into that phase where we're trying to get around it, under it, over it, you know, whatever we have to do. And I find that for myself, I am having to actually step back and wonder whether the roadblock was put there on purpose to get me to slow down.
1: Wow. Yeah. And and in corporate
0: life, quite often, there's so much process involved in changing directions. And they don't have, and I, I talk about they, because I have been out of corporate life now for 20 years. And, uh, but I've consulted to them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they have a lot of permission asking, you know, before change can occur. And entrepreneurs, you know, we're the rebels. We, if we see a change that needs to be made. And so we can look frenetic to the outside world and we can look like we are changing our mind all the time. We're, we're just adjusting faster, right? Mm -hmm. So spiraling. And and really getting that momentum, which is the beautiful thing about that, the spiral visual, mm-hmm. is you can't look at it without thinking about motion. And I, right. I suspect that that's what attracted you to that metaphor. Why don't you tell us about how the book concept came to be, and then we'll dive into the meat of the book.
1: Oh, good. Okay. Well, in life, when we first are growing up, we're sort of taught that life is a horizontal path, that if you achieve and acquire and, like, you know, first you get your, get your high school diploma, then you go to college, then you get a good job, then you find a partner, then you get a house, then you get a new upgrade on all of that. <laughs> right. Um, it's, it, and yet it's not ever going to – and, by the way, it, that kind of productivity-centric – Goal that's a linear line is designed sort of from a masculine paradigm, it doesn't bring fulfillment. It's kind of like, you know, success without fulfillment is actually failure. So it gets you, there is no end point where there's going to be enough when you're only living in that horizontal path. Fortunately, there are times in our lives that we are opened up from meeting a teacher that turns us on to something that we love or discovering that, oh, I really belong as an entrepreneur in this travel industry or, oh, this is really an incredible passion of mine or meeting someone, falling in love. you know All these things that happen that, that take us to the vertical realm, that's the realm that is more about connecting to our true essence. And so what I noticed is, It's not about the horizontal path where you do develop, you know, when you achieve, you have to develop masculine competencies that are very important in life, like being strategic, being linear thinking, getting things done, focusing, having self-discipline, willpower, all of that. Great, great, great. We need that, but it's not enough to give us fulfillment. So fortunately, we have these moments in time w- that break us open, that take us to this other realm, this vertical realm where we have to question and widen our perspective and get in touch with what's really true for us. And what I noticed is that when you trace a path between the horizontal line and the vertical line in an upward motion, you you see an upward spiral, and that spiral is you taking your information, knowledge, and wisdom from the vertical path and changing direction mm. from that, ver- that plain old flat horizontal thing. No, you're going to go in a different direction based on your own inner wisdom and knowledge and desire and passion and talent. And you're going to create your unique path that no one else will ever have that's true for you and that will bring you to fulfillment.
0: Right, right it's just a, such an amazing perspective. So um, I might have missed it in, in what you said. Did did someone come to you and say, Wendy, you should write a book? Or did you have this sitting inside of you and it, and it just had to get out?
1: I think it was definitely the second one, because honestly, this book has been in incubation and working on for many years as I developed this content. From my own experience, I I tried to let it go, Chicky. I, I said, oh, Do I really have to? There's so many other people that have written better than this. This has been said before. Do I need to do this? I, I tried to let go of this so many times, you have no idea. But it would not go away.
0: It would not
1: go away. So I just oh, said, Oh, that okay. is so funny. I didn't even have a goal like, okay, I'm going to write this book so I can become a bigger speaker. I didn't even have, I just knew I had to write it. And it was in the writing of it that I discovered myself. Like it, it really it would tell me kind of what this is going to sound weird, but I would write something and then it would tell me what needed to come next. It oh, was, I,
0: I totally get it. I just wrote my first, uh, and I actually wrote an allegorical business novel, and um, from the day I got the idea you know well i actually that the idea came many years ago when i read my first allegorical business novel i thought i wonder if i could write one of those and you know it just sat in the back of my head but when i sat down to write it it was all done in 3 days
1: and Whoa. now i've gone back
0: i've gone back you know and and rewritten sections of it but the funny thing is exactly what you just said i it poured out of me so fast that it, yeah. I mean it was supernatural. Literally, I
1: know it's so funny when you're following in life the thing yes. that's right for you to do. Things just click. It's synchronicity. Boom, boom, boom. And in this case, you obviously had some wisdom that c- came through you really fast. Now mine took a lot longer, but I was lear- I had never written anything. I just right. but I knew I could be a writer. I kind of knew it and I had help you know I'd had people I had to have I was in a book writing group for years and critique group I had people coaching me I believe me this was not a single handed effort but I I'm a perfectionist unfortunately like so many of us are and I really <laughs> wanted to do it and you know what I'm so glad that it waited to come out now because this time that we're living in right now has never been before where um, you know, thank God for Sheryl Sandberg who wrote Lean In and opened up the whole conversation about women needing to be equal to men, and what do men need to do in terms of helping us have gender partnership? And then, but my book is 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 another take on it, which is to it's not just about leaning in; it's about leaning into ourselves too, so that right. we the spiral represents that we have a unique path, and it includes you know plateaus it includes dips and it but it's always rising so if yes. you look at your life it has always expanded have you noticed that
0: yes yes oh so we totally are true. we
1: are we are the ultimately we are the creative impulse expressing uniquely through each one of us that right. impulse that started with the big bang 2.5 billion years ago that where all of a sudden life began and it's moving through, like if you look at all the different evolutions of people and human beings, you know, we went from where entertainment was sitting in a, watching gladiators be eaten by lions, or I'm not sure exactly what, but in those stadiums. You know, <laughs> right. Oh, that was, and slavery. And we've been moving from, from barbaric things and, and really horrendous things into more and more levels of care and relatedness, which is the feminine. So as we are each a, a, a unique expression of that creativity, our job is to shepherd that energy, shepherd that gift into the world, that one unique gift or more unique gifts that we each have. Okay. And our, our, the spiral represents this ever-rising process that represents both as within, so without. So it's sort of the, the growth mindset. If you develop yourself on the inside, you're the outside um, circumstances, like what job opportunities you get, will get an upgrade. So right. So based on that everything is connected and when we're related to life, we we get open to miracles. Just like you writing that book, that was kind of a miracle how that happened. You tuned into what was true for you at that moment and gave way for that and burst that through you. Mm-hmm. And Right. It, it took you to another level. It's like me writing this book. It was really for me to grow to another level, and, and I'm so glad people are getting amazing reviews on Amazon, and they're loving it, and I'm so happy and I'm so grateful that it's touching people because that's also a goal of mine. But I, I just am coming back to that the spiral represents this process that we're always in of growing to the next level if we, if we learn the lessons that come to us, if we allow them to change us.
0: Right right so i want to paint for our listeners kind of the visual of uh how this book is structured because uh for me when when i am diving into a book i i love um i love structure and and it's funny because in, you wouldn't know that at looking at how i keep my house or anything else or even you know how i operate in my office but the structure of this book is is based really on on these co-creative powers and you, you touch on them in three different ways. <clears throat> and, and those five powers are the power of energy, the power of the mind, the power of your feelings, the power of speech and the power of action. But the first time you look at them and you call this the first turning is on what you call initiation. <clears throat> so, give us the insight of of what initiation is all about and then we'll we'll talk about the others i don't want to overload everyone but there 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 are essentially three views of this beginning with initiation aspiration and then
1: inspiration so start with initiation thank you so if you picture a spiral an upward flowing spiral with three loops in it the bottom loop is called initiation. And if we don't break if we don't have an initiation, often we stay stuck in the bottom loop, which where we notice that we keep having the same kind of breakdowns or the same complaints. and it's life isn't changing. and we're, the people are the circumstances change, but they're sort of the same experience, um, and kind of like groundhog day. And then the movie. And then also we're, we're kind of at the mercy of our own limiting beliefs about what's possible for us. We feel a little bit victimized and life doesn't feel like we're living our purpose. And that happens to everybody. And it's a phase and it's a stage to move out of. It's, I really notice that women in particular at a certain place in their career hit a point where the motivation that got them to where they are runs out. That motivation is to prove that they can do it, and when that no longer has enough uh, get up and go for them, they either feel they either stay downward spiral and stay stuck, and get kind of bitter, or they take the opportunity to discover the next motivation, which is a higher motivation, which is to to excavate your talents and gifts to make a difference in the world, and that is then you start riding the wave of the spiral. You break out of that. and that, That's the initiation. It's like something goes wrong. You don't get the promotion that you wanted. You get a diagnosis. Your person leaves you. You lose someone you love or a dream dies. Those things are all initiations. For me, a big initiation was when I was 24, I had, built this little company with these two doctors. They had started it, and I joined them, and it it became a success. But I was working all the time, and it was in the 80s, and we were partying at night, and I was burning the candle at both ends. And one morning I woke up, and I couldn't move. And I had like this searing pain in my body, and it was within 24 hours I was diagnosed with a life-threatening blood disease that had come on called lupus. And I was told that I would have it for the rest of my life and that I would be um, on this medication, prednisone, which is really a rough right. medication to be on in high dosages um, for my whole life. And so it sent me on a quest because it was not just the physical pain that really was hard for me. It was actually the mental what's it, the word, like terrorism that I did to myself because I felt yes. that I had caused it. So I blamed myself because once you break the chain of your health like that, you can't reverse it. It's broken. It's opened up. Like once that blood disease, my body was weak enough, I think, to, to allow it to happen. I blamed myself. Right. So... um it was a, it was a, that's what sent me on the quest to understand how to relieve ourselves from the suffering of our minds, the criticism that we put ourselves through the ways that we put ourselves down or tell us ourselves that we're not enough because it was torture for me. And that initiation took me into the second loop of aspiration, which is where the five co-creative powers become important in terms of living your life, not from a victim place, not from a, a A place of reactivity but from a place of intentionality and being deliberate and also being compassionate for yourself that was the biggest discovery I made that underneath all that criticism that I had of myself it had to get really bad for me to realize that wait a minute that's not me I am the one who is so kind I'm kind to other people and now I need to give myself that kindness and make it through this this ordeal And 14 years, you know, being on dialysis, I was on dialysis for a year and a half, lost my kidney function, uh, had a miraculous kidney transplant over 20 years ago, it changed my life dramatically. And uh, that's when my life really took off in terms of me wanting to make a difference with other people.
0: Wow. Wow. What a story.
1: But Uh, we all have initiations, Mm -hmm. and they don't have to be so dramatic. I mean... We have them every day you know we have a breakdown we have a argument we have a but But if we use every single pinch I call it like if you picture right. this being a hose and there's a pinch in it every single pinch to open to the next level of who we're meant to be that's the real journey that's mm-hmm. how we get momentum
0: I love that I've got a, a talk that I give about uh, uh, black holes and diamonds mm-hmm. and uh, I was asked to speak at an event here in Tampa, and I I actually didn't know that a diamond mine was a big black hole in the ground. It's about a mile wide, at least, right? I just thought it was a regular mine, like you go in, you know, you see on the movies of going into this little hole. Um, But it it occurred to me that all of the diamonds in our life come from black holes, right? And some of those black holes are bigger than others.
1: And they come from enormous pressure,
0: Yes, they do. You know, when you... And and uh, again, you can trace those back, and you can actually find out that you're the diamond in somebody else's black hole. Which you know oh. the interesting thing. You you look at your son now. He had an enormous black hole event in his life, and now you know he wouldn't have had the relationship with you that he has had it not been for the death of your sister.
1: That is such a good insight, and thank you for saying that. It's very true, and that is the – me- you just basically said the whole purpose of the work that I do and the, the spiral. It's all about taking in whatever comes to you in whatever yes. form it is and realizing that that was designed perfectly for you to become more whole, more right. complete, more fulfilled, and more fully self-expressed. It's right. all an invitation. And, 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 you know,
0: it's this whole perspective. And, I mean, I I come from a very strong background of faith, which colors, you know, everything that I do. And and when I had to sit down and share with my son, you know, who was adopted from Russia when he was three, his mother uh, actually gave him up at, you know, day two of his life, and she passed away a couple of months later. Um, You know, I tell him that was not an accident. He's not a product of an accident you know, and in my my orientation, you know, Psalm 139 says that every day of our life is ordered and that he was supposed to be a part of our family. And even the pain of infertility and me trying to get pregnant at age 45 with in vitro and not being able to and having to give up you know the next move was to adopt him right and he he wouldn't have been available when i first started the infertility journey so you know it really is so amazing when we can kind of unpack the baggage of you know if you only focus on the bad thing you never get to see the good thing
1: oh so, my god you are you're so wise and it reminds me of when i was on dialysis for a year and a half you know, the the people at the transplant centers require that you go to your family and ask every one of them for a a kidney. Mm -hmm. Um, And you have to, you know, if you're going to be on the list. So I had four sisters at the time, and I had to go to every one of them and ask. And the one that was a match didn't want to, and the one that wasn't a match wanted to. And then I don't know if the other ones, I think one of them got tested. I'm not sure if the other one did. But the point is, I was so downhearted because I couldn't get a kidney from my family. But if I had, I might have lost it. And the miracle was that after a year and a half, I got this call in the middle of the night from this nurse in Kentucky. She asked me how I was feeling. I'd gotten, lupus had, um, had gone into remission. I said, I'm great. It's 2 o'clock in the morning. I waited for these calls because, you know, you never know when. Sure. The, and she said, we have just received... perfect six antigen match to your tissues, kidney from a young man in Kentucky who just died and he is your perfect match and we are sending it to San Francisco, go to the California Pacific Medical Center tomorrow morning and we will put it in you. Wow. It was my, I I am like a miracle, like I, I don't even take much medicine at all to keep it. So it's, it's true that if we just realize that life is, you know, Einstein said the most important question to answer for yourself is, is the world a friendly place? Hmm. Because if you can decide that the world is actually on your side working for you, you develop a different relationship to every breakdown, setback, or disappointment. You realize that, oh, my gosh. There's something coming from this that's going to be better, that's going to be more for my soul's purpose. It might not feel good. It might be sad. Right. It might be yucky, and you might think, oh, God, I don't wish this on anybody. Right. But you, what we all know when we go through these hard times, wow, what it gives us in terms of grit and right. character and strength and power, wow. Well, and, and refocusing.
0: I mean, you hear and I, you hear it more often from men, just because they're they're vocal about it. When when they have a heart attack, they always call it a wake up call, yeah. right? Because they realize they were working too hard and not spending enough time with family. And, and, uh, you know, we shouldn't have to have that wake up call, but we do. So once you've had that initiation, I, and I just want to read these, we don't have time to go into each one of them, but the, the chapters in the initiation section are take charge of your energy, author your thoughts, awakening the wisdom in your heart, architect a juicy life with words of plenty. I love that one <laughs> and be true to your soul's intent. So once you've done all of that, and you've gotten through this the the small part of the spiral, the initiation part, then you get to that second turning of aspiration. So talk about how that impacts your energy, your mind, your feelings, your speech, and your actions once you get to that place.
1: Yeah, you you start getting momentum for sure. Um, It becomes easier to course correct. I think we realize that it's not about getting anywhere as much as it is becoming the person we were meant to be and feeling fulfilled in life. So yes, when we are living from that true part of ourselves, we do accomplish a lot, but we accomplish a lot. We, we do goal. we hit goals that we never thought we could. We do great things. I would say that aspiration is really taking, getting skillful with the ability to like, for instance, energy is the ability to be conscious about are you bringing positive and leadership energy or executive presence, let's say for those of us that are professionals into a room, are you consciously conjuring that up before you walk into a room or are you kind of bringing in a sort of slouched over message and sending that message out to whoever you're interacting with? Um, There's, you know, Amy Cuddy does a great Ted talk on power moves and, That's all based on science. Like when you move your body in a certain way or hold your, you sit up straight, you're going to feel, you're going to have different thoughts and you're going to feel a different way. So that's the co-creative power of energy. The co-creative power of mind is how do we become intentional? And rather than, you know, what a New York Times article just had um, a little while ago was an article that proved and showed the research behind when your mind wanders, it wanders down. So left to its own devices, you will go negative. That's just kind of how the brain works. And the reason for that is because the amygdala, the fight or flight primitive brain in the very back of our heads, has been here longer than the prefrontal cortex, which is our executive function and sort of says choice, but the fight or flight part is, is hardwired to look for danger, to be hypervigilant. What could go wrong? You know, it's always working on survival because that's how when we, the brain first formed and we were the cave people on the, you know, or in the savannah looking for the lion that was going to jump out, we had to survive. Right. So my friend Rick Hansen, who's a neuropsychologist, says the brain is Teflon to good experiences And Velcro to bad experiences, (laughs) you know. So, isn't it true that we tend to can tend to spiral down? So that's why these techniques and these um, co-creative powers are so important to engage and become skillful in, because we there is a gravity pull towards the negative in our culture and in the way our brain works. It's a culturally and physiologically wired. Uh, thing and we don't want to be going down. We want to be going up and having more fun and being free and having being gracious and generous and happy and and fully self-expressed and living. But if we don't have these tools like the co-creative power of energy or mind, and then there's more with feeling, speech, and action. I mean, how many times speech do we talk negatively? We're laying down the blueprint for what comes next when we yes. from def- deficiency. When we speak from deficiency, like I don't have enough sleep, I don't have enough money, um, you know, so-and-so did this to me, oh, look at her, she's more than I am. All of that crap is, right. you know, to, be, to use a very technical term,
0: um, is,
1: <laughs> is going to make our lives that way. So what if we could be more inventive, like you are, and creative and conscious about the words that we use and then watch what happens? something new will happen that's way better. Excellent,
0: excellent. So uh, as we move and, and before we move on to the third section, I want to again just read the the chapter headings um because I I just I love giving that out to draw yeah. people in to get the book cuz this is such a powerful book, becoming a wide receiver and that's where you're talking about the co-creative power of energy. Untie your limiting knots, and the N-O-T in knots is capitalized, which is what you were just talking about, neg- negativity and that negative focus. Trust in your oz and owls so A-W-E-S and so O-W-S. Mm-hmm. Um, free your voice to live out loud and harness the grace of wise effort. Ooh, that one sounds like a yummy one.
1: Mm. yeah. Yeah, it's it's each um, section—the initiation, the aspiration, and the inspiration—takes the same five co-creative powers to the next level, so that you graduate with them. You can become more skillful, more skillful, more skillful, and there's lots of stories that talk about how women use them. Um, the one that I—the one that stands out for me, as you as you mention those—is free your voice to live out loud, because we. Women um, have, for centuries, not been included in the public, political, or business forums, and it's only been a 100 years since we got the vote. So when we expect ourselves to be very vocal and be participating and we're hard on ourselves about it, we have to remember that we have just it's, – it's a social – it's like a social transformation that's happening that we are now wanting equal in gender partnership which we definitely deserve and should, should have had a long time ago mm-hmm. but we have to also remember that if you have an inclination to with to, to not jump into the conversation as quickly as men for instance that's okay that's okay we just have to retrain ourselves to participate and to believe in ourselves you know it, it's been studied that If you're in a meeting, and you're, you're, it could be any meeting. It could be a phone meeting. It could be any kind of meeting. And you're, you're proposing something that goes against the grain. Like you're being, you're dissonant compared to what the other people are saying. If a woman speaks up on something like that, and no one says anything, or worse, you know, they ignore her, she'll say to herself, "Oh my God, I should never have said that. I'm not going to share again. That's the end of it. I can't do it." She'll just fold. But conversely, if just one person in the room says, add a girl, or hey, that's a good idea, or I hadn't thought of that, the whole system can change. It can create a total transformation. So we have to get stronger, not only in speaking up our truth and speaking truth to power, but to self-promote ourselves, to be able to, and that's kind of a rough word because women don't like to self-promote, but to be connected enough to the difference that we're making that it's not personal to be able to speak about your achievements like it's it's personal but it's not like you're not bragging you're saying look at this cool thing this is something that I'm really passionate about look what happened here when I did this from the why of I want other people to benefit from this not from the why of I want to people to think I'm cool or I want to show right. off or if your why, like we talked about earlier, if the reason why you're saying it is coming from wanting to make the world a better place or, that, or your workplace a better place or the project a better project, you can very get freed up to speak your achievements freely and liberally and with, pr- with pride. Right. Um, and I think so many women want more of that, and that, this book does help them in that regard. It gives them the tools.
0: So the third section is all about inspiration, and you begin talking about uh, unleashing the power of your passion, and I I do want to dive in, you know, deeply on, um, you know, each one of these. Good. So the first one is unleash the power of your passion, and this is the one about the co-creative power of energy.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just looking with you on this it's I love the way the book is laid out because it's got these you can literally open it at any place and there's a little story or there's there there's boxes you can just um, you can start anywhere and get something out of it um, yeah well you you are an example of passion like you know when we've talked earlier, I'm just I'm blown away by you. You know, your passion has led your life. You've you've followed it, and it's it's bigger than you, isn't it? It kind of like (laughs) it. It tells you what's going to happen next because you get you get woken up from it. Um, One of the things that I know is that when we're connected to not the ego, but from to this part of ourselves that is really here for pure intention to express our gifts in the world. We tap into an enormous amount of energy. We don't get as tired. But you also have to – I'm not saying you have to just keep go, go, going, because I do believe in breaks, and it's a proven fact that if you don't take breaks during your workday, you have to – you will end up taking a break and going online shopping later (laughs) and and wasting the afternoon. So your productivity will, will drop. So every 90 minutes, it's been proven we need to take a break in order to recharge. But back to the passion, if if you know what you, what matters to you and you know who you want to be in the world, you will have more success at being fully self-expressed. I mean, it's as simple as that. Right,
0: right. So the the next one, you move on to talking about let your divine mind inspire you to greatness and and talking about the power of the mind. And I'll tell you, as an an entrepreneur, you were talking earlier about how some of the things that are are our greatest assets are also our greatest nemesis. And I know in my own mind, because I'm an inventor by nature, I invent products, I invent businesses, you know, I invent Mm -hmm. business models. And you know, it's as natural to me as breathing, but sometimes the noise gets pretty loud, right? Mm-hmm. So there, there is a piece of that, though, all that busyness that, that happens in our mind that we really, if we can filter out everything
1: else, I think that
0: is the defined mind that you're yes. talking about.
1: You named it. That's exactly right. And yet, how often do we take the time to go for a quiet walk or you know, it's really important that we do that. We, we have to be able to get below the drone of the, the, the more dominant part of our rational mind to hear our inner wisdom. and Or we will be physically stopped by a sickness or we'll end up flat on our back or we'll end up, you know, it, it's just the way the world works. It, the, the universe wants you to connect to your wisdom. So if you don't, Slow down and take some breaks to be able to hear it, or journal, or talk to a friend about your deeper feelings. Or you know, it doesn't mean you have to sit on a meditation cushion. Although I highly recommend that, even for 10 minutes a day. But you could you could just go for a swim, or and not put music on, or I don't know, maybe put music on. Whatever it is that allows you to hear your gut feelings, because the intuition is guiding you to what you really want. And it, it, it's too bad that we're so possessed and really the puppet to our thinking mind so often it's really um it's not the truth the things that your mind tells you are often not the truth and i love the jill bolte tailored quote here um you know she's the one who had the she wrote the book um it's about she had the stroke you know so she she had a stroke on her left or her left um part of her brain. Right. And um she really discovered that if you that that thing that talks to you all the time comes from a very small part of your brain, just a small group of neurons that is the part of us that makes meaning out of things, but that little tiny part of your brain that's making meaning out of things doesn't necessarily tell you the truth. It's <laughs> always just it's based on the ego, you know, and it's <laughs> right We listen to that and are run by that. We're just a puppet to it. Her book is My Stroke of Insight. She did a TED Talk as well, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. And she says, just take responsibility for the thoughts you're thinking and move yourself into the circuitry that brings you peace. You have to teach yourself when you're there so that you can identify what it feels like inside your body so that you can call upon it any time. So the teaching in the book is, if what you're thinking makes you feel bad, it's probably not the truth right. and it'd be good to question the validity of it. And it gives you tools to interrupt and to intervene when those kinds of thoughts are pulling you down.
0: Well, I love that. And, you know, this is one of the things that my, my son, um, you know, really needs to get a handle on because that that little voice in his head is just not, telling him positive things and not keeping him on a positive track, right? He's a, he's an incredibly talented, very funny, bright kid. And, you know, fortunately he's completely healthy, uh, a little bit on the small side, but you know, that's kind of the downside of, of um, you know, being, being born prematurely. And, uh, but anyway, I talk to him all the time about, you know, when, when that voice is telling you those negative things that, you know, you really do have to take control and and you know just say look i'm i'm not going to listen to this cuz it's not what i see and you know i think so often we don't validate what we hear you know like my daughter who's 17 will come home and say you know so and so said this about me and i'll just say well is it true mm-hmm. and then she'll say no and i say well mm-hmm. then why does it bother you <laughs> right? wow um and I... and you know so it, it's just very very funny uh, how how things how our mind does trick us and you know it's just not fair but it is you know it is the way it is
1: your children are so fortunate to at this young age be even awakened to the fact that a lot of what we're saying to ourselves is negative and repetitive and not true and because if they can really get in touch with that they 'll also get in touch with the deeper truth that bubbles up when we 're in the shower or we 're on a run or we're driving to the store or waiting in line sometimes that 's when we hear the real truth, like or we we'll wake up from sometimes when i 'm just waking up in the morning, something pops in and it 's like oh that 's the answer you know revelation and innovation and creativity has been shown to come when we're in the downtime. So Mm -hmm. it's these doorways to the divine mind, or I call it divine headquarters, you know, to connect up to that, to get your kid's, acquainted with that that space and it's hard because we our kids so busy I it's funny you're even telling me this because just last night my little one came in and he's a pretty happy kid but he came to me and I, I was running out of the house so I stopped because I couldn't believe his eyes were watering up and he was looking like he was about to cry and he said um this kid that used to that is his friend it was his friend he said he's being mean to me he's, he says he's acting really cool. And he's, he's, he, I asked him a question today and he just rolled his eyes and he didn't answer me. And, um and I just felt my heart just like, going, oh God, you know, how sad. Like, but what I did was I just, I said to him, you know what? He, it's not about you. It's about him. And right. by the time summer, takes place and you get back to school with him, it's going to be gone. That's going to go away. Things just change. Okay. And I don't know if I could even any comfort to him, but I said to him, you know you're great, right? You know you're a good kid, so just don't believe it. And he goes, yeah, I think he's jealous of me. And I go, yeah, maybe he is. But, you know, you just want to fix it for them. But Yes, you do. You do. they learn on their own, you know, that the mind is not your friend always. <laughs>
0: it really exactly. isn't. I exactly. Mean,
1: it's It also is our friend, I mean, it gives us that focus and direction, and we've got to use it in the right way, but we have to take domain over our mind rather than yes. just a puppet to it. That's what you and I are both saying,
0: exactly. The last three sections of the book we've already talked a lot about these concepts uh the the radical riches of relatedness and and you know using your the power of your feelings and and then you know with your words confirming what you're doing and the the importance of the power of speech and I and this I tell my kids this all the time um and also then you know savoring the world and that you can save the world and you know it's one of the core concepts of my company uh because we build travel booking engines our tagline for the company is saving the world one trip at a time because we give 10% of all of our revenues, our top-line revenues, to the charity of choice of our client. And, uh, you know, so saving the world and leaving a legacy is a, a big part of who I am. I know that doesn't shock you, but no, it, it does allow amazing. me, yeah. you know, to to have that power of action. And the, the one other thing I, I do want to share about what we're doing uh, and and what 's so important about this book is once you can harness you know uh, this whole concept uh, and, and again just looking at the the cover of the book and the beauty of this particular spiral that you chose uh, for mm-hmm. the cover um is is that we can finally line up what we 're thinking with what we 're saying with what we 're doing and and in in my world because i have been an an entrepreneur and i in many ways have struggled by myself for a long time and, you know, recovered from spectacular failure largely, and I say by myself, I mean, I, I've got a wonderful support network, um, but but still, I didn't have a company that still said, it's okay, we'll give you your paycheck next week, don't worry right. about it, right, Which which happens to risk takers inside of corporate life. But so mm-hmm. one of the models and I told you, you know, that I not only create products, but I create business models is the model for our new company is, you know, we give 10% of our top line revenues to charity and we also give 10% of our top line revenues into an innovation fund that can become I don't want to become a VC but but that can become that fund that sponsors, you know, a young girl to, you know, to a scholarship or you know that we see a company that uh you know is adjacent to what we're doing and we want to help them, right? That that will then have the money and nobody has to say, "Oh, well how are we going to do that?" right? Everything isn't an acquisition or a merger, right? Mm-hmm and and so that that inspiration that you're talking about in this last section uh really is where everything comes together even though physically in the spiral it's the place where it's the the widest
1: yeah it keeps expanding and there's you know there's probably there's many other levels probably of the spiral I mean, this is just my one snapshot of it but what you just are, I think what you're saying that I love Chiki is when we get in touch with that part of ourselves, like we sort of, we'll always have an ego, and that part will come in and out. But if when we're getting, to, when we, we're driven more from this part of ourselves that really is here to take whatever things we're touching to the next level, it's about generosity of spirit. It's about sharing. It's about mentoring someone else. It's about giving back. And you can do that in whatever environment you are, whether it's in your own family, in your community, in your corporation, in your small business, or in the, the networks that you're connected to. But it's for you. It's not for them. I mean, I give you a little tiny example. The other day I was kind of in a funky mood. I was like, how can I get out of this? I'm in a little funky mood. And this thing came up on my email from uh, – it's called – I forget the name of it, but it's about homeless kids from – the bay area and they get to go to this headwaters thing anyway i love this organization and they said we need 150 dollars from each person to be able to give more kids something or other anyway i signed up and i gave the money and immediately i felt better so it telegraphs back to us it's when we do good things in the world not only is it a pay it forward thing other people get inspired by us but we expand so that's the whole basis of the co-creative powers. They're not for other people. It's right. when you do it, you step more fully into the potential that you have and get to claim more ground of the who that you really are. And it, it lights you up. It feeds you. It, it inspires other people. It's, it's all that good stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I think you're a living example of it. I mean, that's amazing well, that you give your profits to charities.
0: Well, thank you so much, Wendy. And you know, I'm I'm looking back at the quote actually in chapter one of the book, and, and I think that this is a great note to end our interview on. In order to become free, it's important to sim- simultaneously let go and move forward. And you know, it, that it was funny because I was writing earlier a a, a a quote on your Amazon site because I you know I wanted to support you in promoting the book. And uh, I talked about freedom, and it, it was before I even looked back and saw this. And I, I think that your book really offers freedom to people who read it, and and freedom from all the things that have been been holding us down, uh, and, and that that gravity that that we have to deal with in our everyday lives, right? And it's really the the breaking free and the visual of the spiral is so so powerful so thank you so much for sharing your Friday with us and Wendy if people want to get in touch with you if they need a coach and want to talk to you about what your format is for for executive coaching how can they get in touch with you
1: Thank you. I I just have to say, the fact that you just brought up freedom, I'm just like, you and I are soul sisters. (laughs) The fact that you get that that's the purpose of this book, it really is. And I I don't say it outright, but you get it. And I'm just very moved by your Mm. uh, commitment and perception and just willingness to share uh, people like me in the world. And thank you for that. So, um, how people can get in touch with me is well, my book is on Amazon, Spiraling Upward. I, my site is spiralup.com, or you can just Google Wendy Wallbridge. It's spelled like a wall on a bridge. And a free chapter of my book is available if you go to my website spiralup.com and sign on my list, and you'll get notified of my events and things. And we do women's leadership programs inside corporations, or help women. I mean, help organizations create women friendly organizations, whether it's to help them form more of a community for their women to thrive um and and I do obviously leadership development with men and women, and um, they can find me through my site and I do talks and
0: speaking oh, okay. engagements
1: keynotes and things like that.
0: Well, Wendy, thank you again, and uh you know again she uh she has given freely of her time today and uh, rather than just getting her her free. Chapter. Uh, I would highly recommend just going ahead and downloading it on uh, on Kindle if you are in a hurry uh, to get it or to order order the book today. Uh, Amazon is great about delivering tomorrow, much to my husband's chagrin.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I,
0: I I personally keep Amazon uh, afloat here here in Florida. <laughs>
1: Wow, I know. Oh, that's great. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for this, and such a delight to meet you, and you and I are definitely going to have to talk afterwards, Oh, we
0: definitely will. And for those of you who would like more information about the Executive Girlfriends Group, and I have to say that talking to Wendy today has really... Uh, pushed me forward of trying to reignite uh, the the weekly calls where we're, we're all actually on the call because I, I think there was so much power in that. Yeah. Uh, so if you're interested in helping us uh, do that, go to executivegirlfriendsgroup.com and we also have a public facebook page uh again just executive girlfriends group and then we have a private uh group for our members so thank you so much for sharing your friday with us and we look forward to seeing you next friday at noon bye Thanks everybody so much.
1: thank you